Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I am coming to you semi-live from Las Vegas, Nevada, my place of birth. I'm here for some work. That's not going to stop me from getting this show to you because, you know, we have these things that record mobily. Anyways, the guest this week is Reba Myers from Adventures and Code Orange. I am always excited when I have a female from our music scene that can appear on the show because, you know, it's it's woefully underrepresented in the podcasting medium. And so, yes, I, I, I'm glad when we can have these things occur. And a great conversation was had with her. More on her in a few moments. Indulge me in some business pleasantries. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. You can also email the show, 100wordspodcast.com podcast at gmail.com. I'd, I'd like for you guys to kick back into the review system. Hop on the iTunes store, type in some nice words, leave some reviews. I would appreciate that. If you haven't done that, please, please do so now. I'll wait. I've been craving that sort of feedback. So yes, leave the reviews and I would appreciate that. Reba Myers, she plays in Adventures in Code Orange. Both of her bands are incredible. I enjoy both of them immensely. I mean, the new Adventures record is spectacular and i know that that word is used often in regards to music but it is really it, it is potential top 10 of the year material for me so we'll see at the end of the year if it, if it lasts 
through all the rest of the stuff that has come out. But I've wanted Reba on the show for a while. It was able to sync up appropriately. Our schedules made sense. So I called her up and she was great. Like, I, I don't know. I had this impression of her that she was very, you know, mild mannered, quiet. The interview would be just kind of, you know, humming along. But she did a really good job and she shared some great insights and perspective on what it was that she is going through currently and what has led her to where she's at. I'm very excited about bringing this show to you. So without further ado, here is my discussion with Reba, and I will talk to you after the interview is over. Even though we've never technically, I think, officially have shaken hands and been like... I don't like, think so. Yeah. No, we have not. But we've existed in the same rooms for quite some time. I think the first time that I, I really kind of, you know, believed that, uh, believed in what you were doing from uh, the Code Orange perspective was when I saw you guys at, uh, I think it was Fest 2011, where you played, yeah. uh, God, I can't even remember the name of the small room that you guys played, but it was just... Atlantic, whatever. I think. There you go. I was going to call yeah. it the Crosby, but... <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just remember watching you guys. It was one of those things where it was like, you know, you've obviously like where you're at now, you're much better live. But it was like back then you guys were, you know, very sloppy and in a very oh, good <laughs> in, in a very good way, though. Well, it was you're welcome. It was one of those things where it was just like and you in particular, I was like, you you don't care about your body at all. Like you were hurting yourself. <laughs> like, you know, the the bang over that I was feeling for you was evident. <laughs> Because I, I, I presume once you start playing, you just basically don't even like you don't even feel like you exist in your body or you yeah, conscious? Well, adrenaline just kicks in and you don't feel like pain really unless right. it's like really bad. Does it? So like when you when you play, is it one of those things where it just like completely consumes you and you don't even like really recognize anything that's happening? Like I'd say like 90 percent of shows. Yeah. Until like right after you're done, then you then it hits and you're like, oh, God. Like, I can't, like, lift my head up. Right. <laughs> so many things. But, yeah, during the set, definitely, it just, you snap out of reality for a little bit, usually. Right. It's a it's blur. weird. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you like that feeling? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why I keep doing it, I guess. Right. So. <laughs> I think there are times, like, I've played in bands for years, and I, I, I empathize with the feeling where yeah. a, a lot of people that, um, and I'm sure, too, where it's like, you know, you strike me as a very, you know, a shy person. And yeah. so people that maybe know you, you know, just as Reba, as opposed to Reba from Code Orange or Adventures or what have you, look at you play and are just like, who the fuck is that girl? <laughs> they get freaked out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with your parents, like when they first started watching you play, was it weird for them? Were they like, did they express anything to you? I mean, they got into it slow, slower than some people. So I think they, they sort of understand. But I mean, you know, they they don't get it at all really i mean they my dad thinks it's cool it's like a show he thinks we put on a good show mm -hmm. um my mom i don't think she's ever seen us except for maybe in a video but i don't know i think she kind of avoids it like she she hasn't watched code orange play i think probably because she's a little afraid of what she might like be Feel. confused about or something i mean they're both super supportive but yeah you know that yeah that, i mean just to anybody really it's like when you see someone just like in like a work setting normal or something and you see him go on stage and do this like ridiculous thing there they get a little freaked out but they usually right. think it's cool so i'll take it you know <laughs> yeah yeah no that's cool you were you were born and raised in pittsburgh correct yeah I was. okay like actually in the city or in the suburbs in the city yeah i actually 
just moved out of my house like about a couple of days ago for the first oh. time, really. So, Reba, you're growing up. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I went to college for about a couple months, but that really counts. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's that's exciting. You you have your your own place with some roommates now. Yeah, with a friend. Yep, it's nice. pretty cool. That's cool. Just, I guess the general consensus of Pittsburgh is the fact that it's like, you know, working class city, roll up your sleeves and kind of do the work sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, is that, that that's, you would agree with that statement? I totally. I totally agree. Yeah. Did you like your upbringing in Pittsburgh? I mean, it seems like, it seems like it's not obviously like a cultural hub, but it seems like there's enough going on to kind of keep you occupied. It actually is, I would say, one of the most cultural places I've been to. I mean, it's smaller, so it's like there's, I guess you could say, less going on. But like Mm -hmm. in terms of like real niche like stuff, like whether it's like, you know, hardcore jazz or theater or whatever, there's actually a a real ton going on. And it's all like really good. You know, like Pittsburgh Symphony is the best, one of the best in the world. And just little things like that, people don't really expect Pittsburgh to have it definitely does and you only you only really realize it when you grow up there but yeah it's pretty awesome i mean you know my parents weren't like you know the classic pittsburgh like working factories and stuff you know we're we're middle class they, yeah they weren't like we they weren't like working in factories or anything or like whatever but you know we lived in the city and went to city schools and stuff and all of us did so we definitely right. like see all sides of pittsburgh so what was your uh, what was your family structure like like what did your what did your parents do as you were uh, being raised um, my mom is a psychologist at the Pittsburgh Hospital, mm-hmm. um, and my dad actually teaches chess in like city schools and stuff, and like privately. It's pretty pretty weird job, but wow, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you are are you a are you a chess pro yourself? Do you know how to play? I presume I'm not a pro. I was actually much better as a kid. I think you know right. I used to play all the time with him, and then I got other interests and stuff. But sure. You know. I still play. It's fun. I've beaten Joe before. So. <laughs> Did you do the uh, the time chess? Are you a fan of the uh, the clocked? Chess? I actually hated that. I hated mm. it with a passion. It made me it made me super mad because I, I always take my time with stuff and the clock just like it stressed me out and I would get so upset and I would just lose every time. So. <laughs> I I, I def- it takes a it takes a certain breed. I remember. Oh uh, yeah. I, I remember when I first started to learn how to play like that. And it was uh, it was just on tour yeah. with a band that we were on tour with, and the drummer was you yeah. know, a, ch- a chess aficionado, and he pulled out the clock, and I was like, "Oh shit! Oh, like, I'll see, I'll see what I could do with this." And I, I, I was the same as you. Yeah. Right? I, I first hated it, but then now, if I play chess, I actually prefer that way because I feel like it's like the great equalizer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it makes the game even, I guess. But do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um... I have a younger brother who's actually really good at uh, clock chess, and it always made me even more mad. <laughs> of course, if he <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you. But yeah, young, younger brother, <laughs> you know, the competitiveness between us is pretty strong. Sure. But uh, yeah, then I have an older sister. They're both two years apart from me, so okay. um, we're pretty close. And then I have like two half-siblings who are like 30, 31. So. Oh, okay. But you, your, your biological brother and sister are the ones that you would say you're closest to yeah yeah definitely i mean they're more my age so i'm closest to them but but really all of them i consider my you know close siblings right your family for sure and so you're so, so were your parents divorced at some point like the that it wasn't that? my parents it was it was the um my mom was married she had two kids and then divorced got remarried and had us three got so it my parents got are it. yeah and so you're uh the 
what would you classify your upbringing as? Like you said, very middle class kind of, yeah. you know, su- yeah. su- suburban existence or was it more of a like definitely you said, city? Sort of, okay. City life. Yeah. I, I just went to all like you know, local schools for elementary and then a middle and high school. We, I went to like a magnet school. You just like audition on something. Um, I happened to play flute. So that's what I did. It, it's not like you could really just learn how to play like five notes and you play and then you get in. It's really not. It's just the act of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But it was cool. You know, we got to got to play music for like, you know, a little less than half the day. Me and Jamie actually both went to those schools. So it's pretty so cool. So that's, that's, that's where you first met him? Yeah, sixth grade. That's adorable. Yeah, pretty, pretty cute. <laughs> and he was he, he was doing drums, right? Yeah, he was doing drums. Okay, yeah, because I I think I vaguely remember him telling me that story about the magnet school, but that's yeah, it's interesting that they were just mainly focused on the process of auditioning rather than the actual execution of it. It's like just you know, yeah, it's not like college. <laughs> you know, you're not paying for like the best thing, but you know, they just want to see kids who have interests and hobbies and. Right. I guess. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it's like it's stupid in a way. At the schools, like a lot of kids who didn't really care, they just wanted to go to a good school, but mm-hmm. had a good enough time, I guess. So, where did uh, where did the flute come into play? Was that something that your 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 parents encouraged you to play, or did you kind of gravitate towards that? Um, I guess I just picked it in elementary school. I actually really like it a lot. I, you know, that's what I went to college for for like a little bit, but um, it just like you know, if I could do both band and that, I would totally would, but. With something like that, it's like you really have to do it so many hours of the day, and I just don't have that kind of time. But maybe at some point, you know, right. I'll get it back. But I definitely do really like it a lot. It's just totally different, I guess. Yeah, so. absolutely. Were you first chair? Were you second chair? Where, where did you, uh, you know, play? Play <laughs> from that know. perspective. It varied. It varied. Okay. Well, that, no, that's it's cool because I, I do think that there's something that's uh, inherently unique about kind of you know performing music in like whatever a symphony setting because it's such a it's so weird like it's for not sure. if you've never experienced it like anytime anybody brings that up and I mean I played clarinet for a year terribly yeah. and I was third chair <laughs> so that's the only reason that like I can bring that up and but if you mention that to anybody else you're like oh are you first chair they're just like what are you talking about yeah I know <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that means it's very very separate worlds but they do you know coming up in in that world definitely helps be able to function in a band you you can kind of see things from a different perspective so mm-hmm. you strike me as a very uh you know kind of whatever quiet introspective shy girl was that kind of you know am i correct in that assumption or was that something that you uh you know is, is that something you're like hey if you think i'm quiet and shy now you should have seen me a few years ago like where <laughs> where, where, where does no, that line i would say the other way around. i mean i used to be definitely extremely shy still have that that tendency mm-hmm. but um i think as you know as we've had to do like you know more, more talking to people and stuff like that i've it, it kind of depends on my mood honestly like it, i drank a coffee this morning so you know i'm acting kind of insane i would say more than usual but but if i'm if i'm like tired or anything like that like it'll i won't talk to anybody who i don't know but i mean you know once you crack me i you you know i'll i'll be plenty plenty not shy right right i guess but yeah you're you're generally right in that assumption okay the only reason i i I place that on you is just based on the uh i mean whatever the the limited research i was doing you know beforehand and then obviously just kind of what i know you to be on stage and stuff like there's an element of you know and and this is I, i put this more so on obviously the uh aura that code orange creates it's not like you're gonna get up there and 
tell jokes in between songs or anything like that. But, yeah. um, you, you know, generally the entire band kind of keeps to themselves when you guys yeah, play. Like, for sure. And that's the I agenda. Mean, yeah. I mean, with I Am King, and honestly, I think that was kind of a changing point in that, where we all just decided, you know, fuck this, we're going to do whatever we want. Like, be crazy as we are. Like, people just gonna, like, either accept it or or just leave us alone so but you know for a long time we were a little bit shy on stand not even shy but we, we like kind of kept to ourselves but i think that we're even coming out of that and going into a kind of a new thing now so i don't know i guess it depends on how you look at it but yeah um so a, a, as you were kind of you know uh coming up through you know elementary school and stuff like that um were you solely focused like music kind of consumed you from that perspective or were you uh were you interested in kind of looking at other things even throughout like you know high school and stuff like that as well um i mean i always knew music was never gonna you know leave be leave or stop being my like actual main thing i didn't know how far the band would go i was always down to take it as far as it went i think we all were since the beginning which is why you know why it worked out for so long but um you know i mean i had other interests i wasn't you know it's like i wouldn't have gone to college if i didn't think i could have done something with with something else but uh, you know it's just about a matter of time and yeah as you get older you realize you can't do everything so mm-hmm. at first i'm sure I, I wanted to do anything or lots of things but right were you into yeah. uh, were you into sports or anything like that yeah i actually sports was a big one i played soccer and in, in high school and i had really wanted to keep doing it as as much as I could but yeah I just just ran out of time pretty much. <laughs> yeah. M- music yeah. has a, yeah, music and playing in bands has a tendency to do that to you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really really small like man, that parking space, it's always taken and I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. <laughs> good or bad, I don't know. Right. Yeah, good or bad. Yeah, that, that's for time to tell. Yeah, uh, you know, because of uh, you know, kind of where you sat in your in your family structure. You know, how did independent music start to kind of you know infiltrate you? And what did uh, who is kind of your gatekeeper? You know, that that's the you know whether it's the weird person out of the record store or whether that's just kind of you know another person at your school who kind of you know showed you that in the first place. Well, honestly, I it was really Jamie who who showed me like a couple punk bands in the beginning. I think his dad got him into it, which I I'm sure he mentioned at some point he we just became friends really early because we both played music I, I liked a couple of the same bands as him but the less like independent ones less like underground stuff mm-hmm. so we just like started i think the first time we hung out we just like i played guitar and he played drums and we just like tried to figure out covers of random bands but he always was good with kind of keeping up with stuff and seeing what's like hot at the time or whatever and like at, like shows locally so he kind of showed me a few things, started getting into it on my own a lot, doing, you know, finding out about things. And then, you know, with Kimmy around at the same time, we all kind of just together slowly started going to more and more shows and meeting more people. And then we started meeting more hardcore bands instead of punk and uh, went into it from there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys basically all just kind of bounced off of one another? Yeah, absolutely. It's very unique for you to be a female in hardcore. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to belabor the point because basically every interview is like, dude, what does it feel like <laughs> to be a girl in a band? Like, I'm not going to ask that because that's, that's good. it's kind of a horseshit question as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, the stereotypical, you know, female experience is not being like, hey, I'm going to pick up a guitar and play in bands. Um, and so I presume in certain respects, you know, like, did you not fit in as sort of, quote unquote, one of the girls? Like... Um, you know, that, that, like I said, that sort of stereotypical high school experience that, you know, a girl is kind of supposed to go through. Were you, I wouldn't say ostracized, but like, was there a feeling of like, oh man, Reba's into some weird shit. I don't know about her. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think that may be very true. I don't know if I really realized it at the time. Um, I mean, I had, you know, friends who were girls, they were definitely more like, you know, effeminate than I maybe, but I don't think it ever really a thing that, that I thought about or cared about. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be friends with, you know, people who played music and Jamie was never like someone, a type of guy who would like ever say like, Oh, you're a girl. Like this might be weird or right. playing a band together. What he never, that never crossed his mind. I don't, it never crossed my mind. I don't think, I mean, it just happened to be that way, I guess. So, I mean, I was definitely a weird kid, but like ostracized from like girls is probably a little extreme. I think I definitely yeah. maybe became more that way later, if anything, like now, but uh, right. yeah, <laughs> at the time, I think it was, it was just kind of random how it worked out. We just 
happen to be friends with, with maybe guys, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well I, I think there is something to the fact that like, I'll reflect on myself where it's like, I've always stereotypically got along better with girls than guys. Yeah. Because of that, there's definitely a label of like, you know, whatever, like I'm effeminate, like I'm in touch with my emotions or whatever. Less so now, because obviously that's more generally accepted. But then yeah. there's obviously the flip side where it's like, if a girl gets along with guys, you know, sometimes that's immediately like, Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, is she just like trying to use them to make out with them? Or like, you know, there's all those weird <laughs> expectations that get placed on you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some people maybe thought that, but the thing is the guys that I hung out with weren't like, you know, they're cool. pretty feminine themselves. So <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think whatever. I don't, I don't think any of us even really listened to whatever other people were saying. I think the most of what other people were saying was just, wow, that band's like terrible punk music. What is this? Like, right. I don't know right. if they mentioned about the whole girl thing, but you know. So did your uh, did your parents find it strange that you were spending uh, so much time creating music with uh, you know probably unlistenable music by their terms, like you were saying earlier? <laughs> did they find it weird? They were just like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do with Reba. She wants to like play in bands and play shows, like, <laughs> or not not shows, but concerts to them. So how did they oh, deal yeah, with that? Concerts. Well, it's funny. My dad the other day actually just told me he was like, yeah, when you were younger, I always thought to myself like. Oh, Oh, what kind of like what are you, what is going to become of you like because i was so like weird and crazy as a kid i guess to him but at the time they were both super supportive because they i think they went through kind of a similar bringing up of, in the terms of like they didn't know what they wanted they were just kind of trying out weird things whatever and they're both always just super supportive they never like they would never really criticize it or anything they you know they, they said that they don't really get the music but that never that never caused a problem and except for like maybe at the end when they were like a little worried about me, like, you know, continue my education or whatever, but they, they accepted it and they were always fine with it. So. Right. Think, like, yeah. You know. So I, I'm sure, I'm sure that that was the, the tough discussion of dropping out and not being a, uh, is it, is it flautist, flutist? What, how does it? Flautist. Flautist there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you had to have that discussion with them where it's like, I'm not going to continue this, I'm going to continue this. Was that uh was that a tough one? It really wasn't that bad. I thought it was going to be worse, but, um, it, it was a little like, I think I was maybe more anxious than they were because I think mm. they probably saw it coming. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably like, hey, hey, mom, dad, I'm, can, can we have dinner? And they're like, oh, here's the talk. Is yeah. What we're <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, I kind of just didn't even really ask. I kind of just told them. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to take a year or a semester off. And they're like, OK, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they 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 were good at balancing like pressure and also like supporting me and what I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. um, plus parents are like, you know, they always see like some little on the internet and think that it means like so much or like they'll see some small press thing and be like oh like wow like you guys are really doing great and in reality we're doing terrible but they don't know that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always found if you ever for whatever reason made it in like a show listing of your local you know yeah. weekly paper that's when it's like dude yeah. You've you've infiltrated their world. Now they understand sure. it a little bit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they do and they don't in the way they think that like you're some like you made it. And it's right. like, well, I'm still you know poor and don't make any money, but but yeah, sure, believe yeah. that. You know, I'd rather have you thinking that. Right. <laughs> I, I still play in front of 200 people in basements. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, the thing that I find so interesting, I'll I'll, I'll use Jamie as well. Where both you and Jamie. You guys have, you know, you're, you're both very young, relatively speaking, as far as being how advanced you are in your quote unquote musical career. But you've also, both of you have been so incredibly prolific, obviously not with 
not only with the Code Orange stuff, but obviously adventures and basically every musical project you've kind of like done and put out in the world, uh, you've put out a lot of shit. <laughs> and so that seems to be a very deliberate thing on your part. I don't know if that's just like, since you've obviously f- decided to focus on music, is that like just based on the fact that you have a lot of time to dedicate towards that? Or is it just kind of like kind of the sheer boredom where it's like, okay, well now like I've got an hour in the day, so I'm going to go ahead and make another band or something like that. You know? <laughs> where, where does it, where does that drive come out of? Oh yeah. Well, I think honestly it's, um, with him and me, we just both, both, we both just care about it a lot. It's really the main thing that it's like whenever, yeah, what did you say? You know, whenever we have like an hour in the day, it's like I could do anything. That's probably the first thing I'm going to want to do. It's just like what comes easily. And, you know, it's, it's comfort, comforting, comfortable. And, and also, you know, yeah, it is also deliberate in the way, yeah, we want to put out a lot of stuff because it's like now's, now's our chance. You know, we're young and we, we have, really nothing no no giant responsibilities or anything like that so it's like we want to make our mark now and hopefully it can give it time to to grow and everything like that i mean i don't know i don't know the exact like really way to put it but yeah um, no i i know i know know it's difficult to probably vocalize but it's um usually typically speaking like you know when you're whatever late teens early 20s um there's definitely um a desire there like a lot of people have the desire to obviously play in a band, but then yeah. to actually like execute it and to be able to like put it in motion, that's obviously like a different beast in and of itself. But for sure, at the same time, you personally don't strike me as like the, for lack of a better term, like businesswoman, you know, like you're not like this, um, like, oh, I've got a grand vision for this thing. It's kind of just like, well, no, this is what's naturally coming out of me. Or am I wrong in that? No, I think you're right about that. I mean, yeah, it's, if it wasn't natural, I don't think, or if it wasn't naturally what I what I wanted to, to be doing, I don't think it would work. You know, it wouldn't have worked for this long. It's, it's like a lot of people, they like, they do, they do see the appeal of being in a band and playing music and they think it seems cool. And they, they maybe they do even think like, oh, this is, this is what I was born to do, whatever corny shit like that but um you know they'll think that and but they don't really realize that's like they don't feel like putting the work in and it's there's nothing wrong with that but it's like for me and him i think we both we want to put the work in like we have a desire to do to do any any work that's related to it you know it's like work for some other thing like i don't know anything really work for any other type of type of task seems like terrible to me i don't want to do it at all but working for the band it's like it doesn't feel like work to me. Mm. So it's just kind of like any time that I have, it's like, it feels like I'm being productive if it's put towards like music and stuff like that. So I think that's why we've been able to been able to do the amount that we've done. And, and, you know, since we were kids until now, I guess. And the thing, the thing to me that's kind of, you know, interesting or remarkable about that too, is the, um, I guess the focus in which it's, it's manifesting itself. Cause basically everything, um, that you're, you're putting out there, has a very deliberate focus where it's like, you know, usually your first band, because I mean, for all intent and purposes, like, would you classify like Code Orange as kind of your first like real band for lack of a better term? Like, did you play? Yeah. Any? Okay. And like that, you know, that's pretty unfair because usually you're supposed to be in a terrible band for a long time. <laughs> I mean, we were though. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's true. You, you, you were a completely different, when you put out the seven inch on, on Mayfly, how long had you been a band at that point? I can't. I, I'm not good with like years. No, and it's stuff, okay. Well, yeah, but two, I mean, probably years. only like yeah, something like that. We okay. put out like three demos before that, something like that, maybe two. Okay, and were that those are erased from from the history? Right, and th- those those were drastically different from what I recall from the uh, the conversation I had with Jamie. 
those, yes, those were drastically defining for sure. But you it, could still tell it was the same people, you know, it was just our changes were our, our interests in music were changing extremely fast at the time. So. Right. What, what were you, and I forget, what were you guys trying to attempt to sound like at that point? By the Mayfly 7-inch, you mean? No, 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 by the, 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 the demos that have been erased from memory. Oh, I mean, we weren't intending to do anything because we were, we were just like playing yeah, we what were, came to mind. But right. we listened to, you know, we listened to like street punk at the time. So that's just sure. kind of what came out, I guess. Sure. Heavily influenced by the casualties. Not them in particular, <laughs> but yes, right. definitely. Yes. <laughs> definitely but, stuff like that. Liberty Spike Punk. I get it. Okay. Yes, for sure. Uh, the point I was trying to make in, in that that convoluted question was the yeah. it's focus. Like you you you've been very focused in each project that you've done. Like whether or not it's creating a specific aesthetic or or you know for Code Orange obviously a mission statement versus like Adventures, which is very um, consistent as obviously as far as the artwork and everything else is concerned. Um, yeah. Like where I just I don't know. I'm always perplexed by people that have focus at an early age. Like is, was that something that I always kind of you know you obviously never really uh, experienced kind of like, you know, ADD or like you actually, all right, I'm backing it up even further because I'm just realizing yeah. something else where like Jamie has the ADD and you have the focus. Like, would you, that's, that's true. Good figure out on your part. <laughs> I just, I just realized that it washed over me where I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, like I see that's why you guys work so well together that's because true. Yeah. Jamie is all over the place. And so do you, do you, that's the role you kind of play of kind of like wrangling him in and so to speak. In a way, yeah. I mean, you know, he he's not like totally. He he has ideas all over the place, but you know, he he can bring it together. But yeah, definitely in a general sense, that's always how it was. Um, okay. Or just with like you know what we need to do right now, like what needs to be done. I will I will get it to that. But he'll he'll have like all the you know the vision and stuff like that. He's like the vision guy. So, okay. You yeah. he's the vision, and maybe you're the lack of a better term like executor, where you're like, all right, let's yeah. put these plans together. Yeah, you could say it that way. I mean, you know, Joe and Eric obviously have their whole roles yeah. in it too. So Joe's Joe's very, very much like an idea guy too. He'll, him and Jamie are, you know, super close. So they, that's usually the first person he'll bounce his ideas off of. And Joe will kind of be like the devil's advocate to him in a way. Mm -hmm. And then he'll bring it to me and I'll, I'll try to find ways to really like create that plan, you know. Right. And Eric also will have his whole totally different spin on things because i think he kind of came came from a different perspective growing mm -hmm. up so he he then will have a maybe a totally thing thing we didn't even think of and he'll bring that into play so right. it works really well for four of us yeah no that, that that's good yeah because you, you need to have generally speaking like within bands it's always like you have your business person and you have your crazy artistic person who yeah, it comes up with a hundred ideas, but only like two of them are good, you know, like where <laughs> yeah. you tried to like filter out those. Um, but it, yeah, it sounds like you guys obviously have kind of an unintentional system that sort of played itself out because of your, each of your varying personalities. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure the, the, again, this is me projecting, but I imagine it's really fun for you to obviously have these two distinct beasts with, you know, adventures I'm, I'm labeling and then obviously Code Orange, where they obviously couldn't be drastically different as far as sonically speaking, but then in the way that you approach playing them live and like, they're just two, you know, separate lanes. I'm sure yeah. it's just insanely fun for you to be like, all right, well, obviously code orange is, is very serious and you know, this is the way that it is. And then obviously adventures kind of, you know, allows you to have more of a playground, I guess, for lack of a better term. I honestly, I mean, yes, it is extremely fun to have the two though adventures. It, it like it's it has like a, a a disguise of seeming like it would be just like a blast, like 
whatever. But when it comes down to it, it's really just as much, if not more work than good orange kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like, once we actually get up there, it's like, Oh God, like I'm singing and I don't sing. And I have to do all this stuff, this band that's not even good orange. Like, what am I thinking? But it is really fun to have both like sides, just even musically to be able to do so. It's right. totally worth it, of course. Right, right, yeah. The, the the different personalities that you can kind of exhibit in each band. Yeah, that's very, very fun, definitely. Did playing live kind of come naturally to you? Or is it one of those things just because, like we were referencing earlier, obviously being, you know, some semblance of shy, um, was, it, was it hard for you to kind of get up there and play in front of people? Um, I don't think I was ever, like, really scared to play in front of people. I think sometimes uh, maybe... I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say now. It's hard to really remember. But it, it, I had to do it a lot as a kid, so I I, I was able to handle it. Um, it's definitely gotten a lot easier though as time went on. You know, it, I was never really like shy though to go on stage. Uh, maybe it was like awkwardness or something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for some reason, I don't think I never really thought of it as like people watching me. I kind of just was thinking of it as like I'm performing, like I'm going to go perform. Like I never was like, Oh, all these people are going to be judging me. I don't even really think about them when I'm doing it. Right. Right. Um, So especially in the band, it's like you're up there with three other people and it's like, you know, that takes off a lot of the pressure on you. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't too bad. not, Not eyeballs on me. I have to presume that obviously when you, you know, like you said, you started singing for adventures and like that sort of transition, um, was that, was it a difficult thing to kind of initially understand and figure out how you'd be able to accomplish that yeah it it even became i mean you know i had sung a little bit before that with with kimmy and joe in like a little band we had done like in any real way yeah it was it got harder as it went on because it's kind of like i started realizing how how difficult it really is to sing especially like live and do it good so it's like i even now maybe i'm at greatest like nerve point of like wow like i really need to learn how to do this (laughs) but um but yeah i mean i don't know it's 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 fun though it's it's a cool challenge because you know any anything that's like that i didn't start doing or have real training to do it's like it's really on me to learn how to do it so it's kind of like it's like a fun challenge and it's it's definitely can be can be stressful at times and disappointing at times um even just comparing you know comparing your yourself and your ability to anybody else but you know i'm not worried about it and i'm, I'm always gonna just just do it and it's fine so right hearing the way that you kind of you know describe obviously the creation of music and just looking at other previous interviews you seem hard on yourself are you hard on yourself like are you kind of your own worst <laughs> critic or do you do you uh, is that something that is just kind of part of the process for you um i mean yeah i'm i i it's hard to say it's hard to really like look at myself that way, but, but yeah, I'm definitely hard on myself. I think we're all kind of part of each other too. So mm-hmm. it's, it, there's a lot of tension going around with that type of thing, right. which is, is good and bad, but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try not to be, cause there's really no point in getting in doing it in a negative way, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm always going to be critical of, of myself and my abilities. I think that's the only way that, you know, that you'll ever really get better. Cause if I just think like, Oh yeah, I'm, good at this, good at this, like good enough, like whatever, then I'm just not going to get better. So, you know, yeah, I'm definitely critical. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right. Yeah. You hit on an interesting point there where the creative tension in a room when you are obviously working on something together is something that's so, um, like if you've never seen it, like you, you almost interpret it as like, dude, they hate each other. They fucking hate each other right now. For sure. Um, and because you've known basically everybody that you have played with in, in both bands for quite some time. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of delineate that tension? Like, do, are, are you just able to be like, all right, I got to leave these people alone for a few minutes. Like, I got to <laughs> like, you, you know, how, how do you, is, is it, you just kind of like take the temperature of the room and realize like when you can push and when you obviously can have to hold back or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's a constant struggle for, for all of us. I think me especially, but uh, yeah, try to try to walk away from it. It can be good. Um, but sometimes it's good to just kind of hash it out right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's best when it's, you know, when it's clear to everybody that it, that it, the, the argument is within the context of the band and not, it doesn't become personal. <clears throat> so just kind of expressing that it's not personal can help. But I think honestly, I mean, it, hopefully I, now it's starting to get better. I think it's, I think it's recently even we've started to be a little bit more mature about it. As mm. kids, we would just get so heated, and it would it would be pretty insane. <laughs> but uh, did you, you did know. you meet like uh, I would imagine uh, just using my own personal experience, I would imagine sometimes it, it devolved into personal insults being thrown at one another. Well, you're stupid. I mean, obviously that's oh, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, it can get really personal for sure. I think it's it's it hasn't recently. Usually, it it'll now just be like kind of like the quote unquote adult argument about or whatever but yeah mm-hmm. it definitely would get super personal it's just like you know things totally unrelated would be brought in what what uh like 
What do you think was the uh, the worst thing that you can obviously repeat that was either hurled at you or that you said to somebody else to kind of cut them down? I couldn't I couldn't quote anything. I don't <laughs> even if I could remember. I don't think it, I would I would I would say it and it would be a good thing. I'd definitely get, <laughs> get heat for that. But sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, so many things. I'm I'm I used to be worse, but I'm definitely a big perpetrator of taking it way past the line of like, oh. I'll find something that they're not even thinking about and I'll bring it up and, and you'll, and you'll win. Yeah. I'll lose. I mean, I'll win, but it's, it's, a but it's, it's sure. losing in the, yeah. in, the, in the long run. <laughs> yeah. You may, you may have won the battle, but you lost the war. Yes. Go, going back to obviously, you know, I, I, I actually get beat up on a semi-regular basis because, you know, a majority of the guests that I have on the show are are male. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's what the independent music experience is usually just filtered through the male lens. Um, you know, when you first started to go to shows and obviously noticed that you were obviously the minority, um, you know, was it uh, was it weird for you to adjust to be like, oh, like... Oh, so this is what I'm doing. Like, this is the this is the ecosystem that I'm living in. Um, and like, when did you become like, I guess, cognizant of that or recognize that? It's hard to say. I I might not have been for for a while. I mean, even whenever I was aware of it, I don't think I ever actually cared at all. Mm-hmm. I think the only aspect in which I cared was within my own band. I just wanted to, you know, they had they would never and they never have thought of me any differently than just another guy or another girl or whatever. But to me, I, you know, I would definitely have like things in my subconscious where I was like, you know, like I got to be really fucking good. I got to try really hard. Otherwise, like they're going to just dismiss me as like some girl who is trying but sucks, you know, which is totally stupid. But that's just kind of how women are tend to tend to feel at at a young age, like self-conscious. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I probably was aware of it always but i don't think in terms of like actually like the scene or the shows i don't think i ever cared if i was just one girl amongst you know one to 20 men or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and this is this is something that i've actually posed to previous people uh, you know previous females that are have been on the show from you know brianna from tiger's jaw and um something that i personally struggle with because i I know i've done it myself but then i also Mm -hmm. recognize this in um well i'll use an example like so you know i was i was preparing to speak with you and whatever was was looking at you know various uh entries either on tumblr or whatever and so it's like i see by default whether or not you know uh yeah, by default, you are going to be the object of affection because you are a female and obviously that's predominantly male, yeah. male dominated scene. Yeah. So like how when did you kind of first recognize that? And I, I presume that's kind of a, a, a weird concept for you to kind of wrestle around in your head of like, oh, guys are going to think I'm hot because I play guitar and I stand on stage. Like when <laughs> is that something that you obviously recognize or struggle with? Or is that something you just like? I gotta fucking ignore that. Probably, yeah. The, I gotta fucking ignore that. But um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there was always like some weird things said, but you know, I always figured it was just like <clears throat> kids being dumb, especially on, on the internet. You know, the amount of kids that would actually go up to you and say something weird is like pretty minimal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people do not have that kind of courage. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it was never something that really mattered. It was kind of just funny if anything. Um, I think to them at first it didn't matter. I think it got annoying to them after a while. One, just being like protective, I guess, um, like, you know, protective friends. And then two kind of being annoyed that it was always like 
oh, like we're getting focused on because there's a because you're a girl. It's like it's kind mm-hmm. of annoying, but you know, it never actually mattered. It was just kind of like stupid, funny stuff that we would laugh at. And even if someone crossed the line or whatever, it's like it's still just some thing someone wrote on the internet. Like it doesn't, it's not real. Like it doesn't matter. (laughs) It was always just kind of a funny thing or, yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, I just, I, I just find it so inherently, I just find it such a strange emotion of like that, that feeling on like, Oh wow. I like, I, I'm inherently paying attention to that one person just because they are a girl on stage and I immediately like them. Like, you know, I'm more likely to like them because they're on stage. Like yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's weird. And, it but then weird. I, but then I, I, I reflect on it and I'm sure that there, there's obviously the same correlation that can be said where it's like, okay, here's, you know, a girl in the crowd and they look at a guy stand yeah. on stage. That's the same. It's a two way street. It goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's what I'd always realized too, as a kid, you know, I'd always be like, Oh, well, you know, that's how I, all girls feel who are, like who like bands or whatever that's that's kind of how they see they just see everyone sees everyone as like a sexual object or whatever so it doesn't it doesn't really matter it just happens to be that there's more men in the scene so it gets more focused on that there's a girl in a band but right right no, it's no. not like a personal thing or anything it's just kind of how it is and it's yeah. just like a funny aspect of being in a band right no ab- absolutely as code orange obviously started to you know become a thing and there was there was obviously um you know, a lot of attention paid to the band and you guys were obviously at such a young age. Um, it, was it, was it difficult for you to kind of navigate the, the attention that was being, you know, poured on you guys, you know, relatively earlier on in your, you know, for lack of a better term, like musical career. Um, was that, I'm sure that was exciting obviously, but was there elements of that where you were just like, Oh, I don't, this, I don't know what to do with this. This is overwhelming. (laughs) um yeah yeah definitely some overwhelming points but i i think we all just you know we we really just like playing music so whether or not we were going to have attention or not it was kind of like whatever like we're gonna keep doing this the best we can and if people understand it in in the right way then then awesome i don't know it never was something that i was like oh god like these people like us now and they're expecting something or, or whatever i don't know it just never there's never really something that that I thought about besides of the fact that like oh I hope people come to our show because it'll definitely that, suck if, if they don't because right. <laughs> like, that because that would be cool yeah um, exactly yeah it's obviously you, cool it's right. awesome but you also strike me as a person too where just talking to you right now where mm-hmm. you, you seem very like I guess for lack of a better term like mild mannered or even keeled where it's like it, it would take a lot to kind of like press your button so to speak um, is that is that kind of your personality or do you, you know, find yourself getting quick to temper or, or that sort of, uh, behavior? Um, with people that I don't like, you know, with people that aren't my super close friends. Yeah, probably. Um, pretty mild mannered, but you know, with them, I, I actually am, if anything, the most sensitive and the most like, like tempered one out of all of us, probably most okay. like moody one, but you know, with, with just like people from the outside, I don't, get offended very easily by by anything that i don't really you know i just i don't know like you know i don't nothing against you i don't know you personally yeah. so it's like why would you have any reason to to like say something that would make me upset or, or anybody you know so i'm just gonna you know, keep mild tempered about it i guess i mean yeah I don't know. you <laughs> you well no I, I i i appreciate that approach of just like well you know this 
this is a uh, this person that I'm just randomly seeing at a show is you know merely a transactional relationship. I'm not going to you know really unless they're trying to like confront me or like yeah. push push buttons, then I'm not going to yeah. really I'm not going to care about it. When in, when in your own head, uh, as Kodorj obviously started to you know reach some level of awareness, when did you feel that it was like? Oh wow! Like I guess I guess this is a real thing that I'm focusing in on now. Um, you know, uh, th- that was something that was going to be sustainable for the, the near future, as far as like, oh, we'll ki- we'll be able to continue to release records and continue to tour, um, not from like a financial standpoint, but just from mm-hmm. a wow, like this is real. It's hard to say like a point because I think it was it was all super gradual, so it was kind of just like slowly realizing that maybe this would be possible. But even when I, you know, even recently, it's like it started to feel the most like that than it ever has. Um, but I still kind of tell myself, like, you know, it's I, I don't want to expect anything from it. As soon as you start expecting things, then you get disappointed. And um, and that's just obviously the, the worst feeling, especially when it comes to a band. So, you know, recently, especially like we've been having a lot of opportunities come up. But it's just, it's always good. It's always important that I think to, to think like, you know, because this has been going up since we were kids. It's only been going up, which is awesome. But, you know, bands are are all a very fragile system within, you know, other people's perspectives and within your actual band. So I don't want to ever think like, okay, well, you know, this is cool. I get to keep doing it. This is awesome. Like, I obviously want that, want that as much more than anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to put like, all of my like whole body into it or like think that way because that I think that's just, I don't know, it's a little too much pressure. Sure. But. Plus it's a, well, it's a practical approach too, because typical history of obviously, you know, bands that are playing, you know, aggressive music is it's, you know, it's it, like you said, it's volatile. It's like mm-hmm. you could be the coolest band ever on your second LP. And then by your fourth LP, people are like, that band's the worst. And it's like, you can't, uh, you're, you're subject yeah, to so exactly. much. Yeah. You're subject to so much criticism that it's impossible to, you know, change with the tides and change with the times yeah, continually. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're a practical person. That's, that's what I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely trying. <laughs> I mean, a, you know, w- within like our, our, our personal selves, like as soon as we put out our first record, I was like, wow, this is like a real thing. Like I could do this. And as soon as we put out, I'm King, I was like, wow, like we actually put out something that we are proud of and that we, we really like love. So just of us, like, you know, I, it's always kind of been like a real thing and like, Oh, I know this is real in terms of like the outside world. I don't mean, I don't know, probably never will be, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll ne- you'll never have that level of, of, of satisfaction where it's just like, all right, well, I think, I think I've done it. I think yeah. we did it. Right. Yeah. Considering you've obviously like, like I was referencing earlier, you've been incredibly prolific. Um, what other, what other, styles of music that you personally you know barring like say i was able to give you an additional you know 24 hours a day um <laughs> what would you what sort of musical stuff would you like to pursue from that perspective because your, your tastes obviously are pretty varied and i think it's interesting because you you are young and typically younger people don't have uh, i guess as wide of a musical palette as i think you know you and obviously your friends have been raised with so anyways yeah. What what sort of other musical stuff would you be like? Hey, man, I would just love to focus on the flute. You know, what what would you want to do? <laughs> Definitely, that is one of them. But um, I mean, there's so many there's so many things like so many things that are even would be embarrassing. I'm sure to say, but like there's stuff that even you know I I know that I cannot do and that it makes no sense. But if I was like a different person, I totally would because it sounds like it would be a blast. Right. But I mean, in terms of stuff that's like 
doable potentially probably like i don't know like a, a real folk type thing which i okay. kind of had for a while but it, or like you know a, a shoegaze thing really anything i mean it's just it's hard it's like you, you can do stuff for fun even if you have the time yep but it have it make sense with your other stuff and to have people not just be like oh another band that they're doing that makes no sense like you can't you can't just like have it all because obviously you know it, it has to fit but it, yeah if i had the time and if it was just for fun i would just i don't know yeah a folk band or a shoegaze band or a just straight punk band i'm sure like a metal band anything literally anything right <laughs> you know i would say like r&b or something but that's I'm not you know i can't pull that off obviously <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but anything literally right. anything you would be game to everything as long as it's kind of within your wheelhouse yeah for sure well that's awesome well i'm i really appreciate your time Reva. this was uh fun for me i hopefully it was uh somewhat fun for you for sure <laughs> it was yeah. a little little change of pace from the hey where did you get your band name from yeah i mean you know it's good to learn a little about yourself in an interview it's kind of interesting <laughs> yes it is <laughs> sweet that was Reba. She's great. Her bands are great. Just a word I would use to describe all of this. And great is also a word I would use to describe our producer, Tom Richfield, always making things happen for the show. So like I said, visit the website of the show, leave some reviews on iTunes. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm always giving like homework assignment, but you know, you're an adult. You can figure this out. So until next week, be safe, everyone. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.